0: Hola, I'm Elias Torres, co-founder and CTO of Drift. You are listening to the American Dream Podcast. Did you know that Drift is part of just 2% of VC-backed startups led by Latin American founders? Well, I'm on a mission to change that. On this show, you will hear from leaders who have achieved their own version of the American Dream. We'll talk about what the process looked like to get there, the obstacles they faced along the way, and the work we still have to do to build the new face of a diverse corporate America. Hello, hello. Bienvenidos a todos. It's approaching the end of Women's History Month, and I'm honored to wrap it up by having a Latina powerhouse on the show today. Lolita Taub. So Lolita is a GP, general partner, at Ghana's Ventures where she invests in pre-seed and seed community-driven companies. With 15 years working within the Silicon Valley ecosystem, Lolita has accomplished over $70 in sales and made 90-plus investments as an angel investor. Scout at Lightspeed Venture Partners, VC at Backstage Capital, and the Community Fund. Lolita is also a co-founder of Proprietary Matching Tools, Startup Investor Matching Tools, GP, LP Matching Tools, and the Lolita as a service Twitter community which brings along a community of over 60,000 founders, funders and ecosystem friends. Needless to say, she's very busy, but most important follow her on Twitter. That's her her best game right there. And she's currently in Latin America in Latin America hunting for unicorns. So that's really what we're going to talk about in this episode and the experience as well as on her work, on her founding, on her building of a new venture firm. So really excited and proud to have you on the show, Lolita.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And that was such a kind introduction. I really like this, Elias.
0: Thank you so much. Tell me, how are you? Where are you calling from?
1: I am good. And thank you again for hosting me. I've been dreaming of the American Dream podcast being in my on my calendar. So I'm happy we're here. And I'm actually calling from Santiago, Chile.
0: Wow. I remember where you were like, giving me hints of this journey, of this trip of yours hunting unicorns. And I'm like, she's a lot of talk. She's a lot of talk. And now you're (laughs) all the way to the bottom there, right? It's like of the world, close to it.
1: It's pretty far, I have to say. It's pretty far (laughs) from everything else.
0: (laughs) What is this trip? What is this tour that you're making through Latin America?
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things is, as you said, hunting for unicorns. But it's also about building community across the LATAM startup VC ecosystem, building relationships, exploring personally the food culture, as well as exploring my Latin American roots. And it's just been really, really great. So far, Josh, my husband, and I have been traveling, and we've lived in Mexico City. Now we're in Santiago, Chile. And next, we're going to Buenos Aires in Argentina, which would be really interesting because they are really focused on Web3 and then uh, Brazil, Colombia, and maybe more.
0: And so you you are on this trip exploring your culture. Have you been outside the United States before?
1: I had. I had, yes.
0: To Latin America?
1: To Latin America, I hadn't really traveled very much to Latin America, to be honest. And a lot of it is because it's so much harder because the distances between countries can be so large. And so this this time, it's the way we even thought about how we would do the trek. It was meant to shortcut some of that distance. So for example, from San Diego, where my mom and my brother live now, to Mexico, it's not very, it's a few hours, like a handful of hours. But from Mexico to Santiago, Chile, it takes you nine hours, nine and a half hours, and so the distance is quite great. And so it's within this plan we thought of going so that the, the the travel between countries or from one country to another would be shorter. So we're trying to be as practical as possible.
0: <laughs> it's incredible what you're doing. I'm really uh, jealous. Definitely would love to do that at some point. I feel like I'm in my journey, even though I was born in Nicaragua and I'm an immigrant when I was older, first generation, I felt like I was too in the, in the white world of Northeast and tech. And I'm recently been doing my own journey of getting back and connecting with my community Latinos in the U S yeah. But you're, you're doing like, it feels like way harder, right? Like you're, you're going there, you're transitioning from work to starting a VC firm and getting to know new, co- I mean, like you're, you're trying to do a lot of things at once. This is crazy. Well, tell us, tell us, what are you learning? What, what, are you, what is learning? <laughs> what am I
1: learning? Well, on the personal front, I think that's really interesting that you bring up getting in touch with your roots in the U.S. Uh, certainly, there's such a wonderful Latino VC startup community. And I see you as one of the thought leaders, and I'm so honored to have you in 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 the community as one of my supporters as an LP also in Ghana's Ventures, which we'll talk about. But one of the things that um that has been challenging is coming to Latin America and trying to figure out do like am I Mexican? Am I American? Am I all these questions and and what things are really Lolita um are human versus cultural? And having this uh, different appreciation for the influence of what has happened in these countries historically and in its people. So, for example, I'll tell you, in Mexico, I learned that there were certain things that I didn't even know were Mexican. Something like when we, uh, after you eat, we take the dishes away from the table very quickly. We do not let them sit there until we're done. Versus when you're in Santiago, Chile, they wait until you're done. So you can have like this messy table with all the dirty dishes and nobody comes and cleans them because their custom is to take them away at the end. And it's just little things like that. Or even here in Santiago, where the culture has been heavily influenced by German culture. It's super interesting to be out here learning more on the cultural side, which really does impact how business is done. Um, and and how the ecosystem has been forming. And so it's been really eye-opening, um, enriching to the soul, but also given me an opportunity to not just integrate myself into the community, but find ways of connecting different worlds within the countries I'm in, and starting to make connections within Latin America from one country to another.
0: It is so much fun and and it's like to spend time with people and and something that I've struggled with my identity here is that, by the way, my on my personal front, I've been spending a lot of time in Miami being for one reason or another. I I go there a lot now. And the the thing that I'm realizing attracts me the most is the culture, right? Is that I I feel the most at home there as a Latino, right? And so I go there and and I really enjoy that. So it's it's really... um, it's really so important to us as human beings to be our whole selves. And and that's a, that's a really a struggle sometimes as immigrants, right? Um good question, so while you're there, just besides eating and traveling and having fun, uh, what's the mission?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's going back to part of my thesis, uh, Ghana's Ventures, we're investing in pre-seed seed, community-driven companies, which you're very well aware of, because we've co-invested in, in community-driven companies that are in Web 2 to Web 3 and in the US and in LATAM. So in the part where we're focusing on LATAM, part of the reason why that's even part of the thesis is because there's such a huge opportunity. I'm personally Latina, so I have an edge in it. And if there's opportunity and I can go and explore it, why not me, right? But to talk more about the opportunity in Latin America, Latin America, Represents over 600 million people with a GDP of $6 trillion. That's a huge, huge opportunity, huge market that people don't really sometimes realize we're living right next to coming from the US. And just to put it in perspective, the population in Ladam is basically two times that of the US. And so What's interesting is, though, that while in the US, many may perceive that Latin American founders are trying to start their companies there and expand into the US, that it's quite a different thing that's happening. There's a lot of companies that are starting in LADAM and so much expansion opportunity across the region that they can just stay here. And so I'm seeing all these great companies that are that are looking at. Okay, I, I'm starting here in Chile, for example, since we're here. And next, we're going to go to Mexico. And that's going to be a launching pad for all these other different countries. And so there's just so much opportunity out here.
0: And and that's good, right? I mean, this is something that we what we're trying to do is show uh, people here information in context that they might not be aware of. Like, like, that's an important tidbit for people to realize. Latin America is twice the population of the U.S. It's not small, right? And because a lot of people sometimes, oh, Latin American... Uh, uh, market small, not as big, right? And it's like no, there's um, there's unicorns there now, right? In that land, it, they're 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 surfacing everywhere. Another thing is important to add to this is, in addition to that, we have the, the the Latin American population in the U.S. to add to that market as well. No.
1: Yeah, and that's what's so interesting because we do find that. There are a lot of cross-border opportunities as well. And so you have the LATAM within LATAM expansion um, with companies like Bitso and Rappi, which a lot of folks know about. Um, But then you have the LATAM US, where you think about something like a, a corner shop which Danny, one of the co-founders, is also an LP in Ghana's ventures. I don't know if you know this, Elias, but I think you guys should be friends if you don't know each other already. But he is actually from Chile, is started Corner Shop. Corner Shop was acquired by Uber, and they were one of the original unicorns here in Chile. And so we're seeing all this great opportunity. And when you look at the growth of the market and you look at how much has been invested, it's it seems like a big amount um, now, and everyone's been saying LADAM is super hot, but the reality is that it's still a small amount of money and there's so much opportunity. And I'll, I'll give you some color with numbers I wrote down here for, for us to, to cover. So $20.5 billion were invested in LADAM in 2021, but it's growing so much faster. And, and to give you a context of it, in 2015, there were 259 investments um, at a value of $1.8 billion dollars. Um, that was the capital deployed. In 2020, f- 551 investments at a value of $5.4 billion. So that growth is is just enormous. And that's just the beginning of the trend. And the more we are able to understand the opportunity and deploy capital, the better off we are as investors. And so I'm getting a head start, uh, especially not just looking at the later stage, the almost series A, which in this space, what I've realized too, is that there's been a lot of emphasis on seed state, but not the real pre-seed to seed. And so I'm really excited to explore that and start investing in companies in that space too.
0: You're talking really fancy big words, by the way. I don't know what this <laughs> stuff is. Your LPs, GPs, corner shops, seeds, pre-seeds, little seeds, the earth. You're too advanced and, and, and too um, well-versed in this world. Teach us here, for us that are not as, what is all this precedes? I mean, like my, my goal, right, is like, I don't think many people want to listen to me that are successful whites with big networks. I'm here doing this, the truth for Latinos to bring equity, right? For for people to hear and learn uh, and find role models, right? Of people that are trailblazing there in our space. Uh, and, and, and so they can be inspired to do something, right? Uh, that it's going to help them achieve their own dreams. I, I want to talk about what is this whole Ghana's Ventures? What is this whole investing? What what? How would you get into it? Why? Do so yeah. you get free ice cream? Why, why do we do this?
1: <laughs> do I get free ice cream? I wish that was part of the day. I, I buy myself ice cream once in a while. Okay, good. And I do realize like some of these things may be really big numbers or different acronyms. So I'll try to explain a little bit more. The whole point is this. That's so much of the, and I'll get to Ghana's, but I I think you've made a really clear point, Elias, and I really thank you for making me step back here. Here's the deal a lot of the time we're ostracized and marginalized for who we are as people. Um, For many of us, that's being Latino, that's being women, that's coming from a low socioeconomic spectrum, coming from poverty. I mean, I grew up in South Central. My parents, did what they could, but we never had insurance. They were truck drivers and my mom still cleans houses, right? And there's so much time that the market spends telling us how we don't fit in or how we're just the workers. And here with this part of LATAM, this conversation, what I'm trying to say is very clearly, we matter. We represent so much opportunity. In any way you think about it, whether it's from a human culture perspective to the financial side of things, and the fact that we are Latino gives us an opportunity to understand the opportunities that are on the table, the money that's being left on the table, and that we have a unique perspective and that our lived experiences actually help us in being successful as founders, as investors, Uh, in startups or as investors in funds, which are the venture, when you think of venture capital funds, their investors are called LPs. So I just wanted to pause there and and share that because Elias, to your point, our people need to hear that we are strong and we are great and who we are is actually our our biggest differentiator.
0: Right. I think what we're looking for is to avoid exploitation, Right. I think is uh, if I wanted to use a strong word, right? It's like I. It's like okay, the United States is the United States, but but Latin America. I love it that you're there, right? I want I want Latinos investing in Latinos, right, in our own market. If we are the consumers, if we are the ones, you know, putting our our money, our capital as customers into companies that are going to grow and create wealth. Right? Mm-hmm. Why can it be to our own people? Right, and and create more opportunities for that instead of being it somebody else, a, a VC from the United States, a, a, a VC from Europe, right? A VC from China, right? It, it, it's like why why are we going to have other people uh, squeeze the wealth and and instead we teach our, ourselves how to be in how to harness and and take advantage of our entrepreneurial nature and teach us the mechanics and, and, and the axes and, and how do you go about investing in companies and helping people, you know, create a company, create wealth, create benefits for employees and customers, right? So, so I, I love what you're doing, right? I, I love that you're like dropped everything and went over there, right? And said, this is the opportunity when you were not from there, right? Like you were not living there.
1: Yeah. And it is a, it is a different realm, right? What I've learned is that I'm more Lolita than I am anything else. Um, But really, we're all human at the end of the day. But there is so much like I love everything you just shared. And in fact, this this focus on wh- who we are and our value in our community um, and the value in community in, in itself is what's driven this journey in my life, because if it wasn't for, you know, my parents immigrated from Mexico, they left their family, they left everything, and our family became our community. Uh, we, I grew up in South Central, so, so community has always been really at the center of it, and for me to build Ghana's ventures... It means so much because it is not just about investing in founders and making outsides returns, which from a venture capitalist perspective, that's what I'm doing. But for me, the significance of it is about creating an opportunity to create generational wealth in community. What does that mean? It means that individuals who have not been invited to the table of being in the startup VC ecosystem get invited. That the skill sets that you have, whether you 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 know it or not, everybody has value add that if you want to bring it and, and support founders or support me or, or Ghanas, and there are other you know, VCs also that are out there, Samara from Chingona Ventures. I mean, there's so many wonderful folks out there that if we come together as a community, we can really create a lot of change for ourselves, for our families and for our community. And that is just on a personal mission level. That's why I'm in venture capital because it's the only industry that I can think of that in my lifetime and with the power of community, we can create this ripple effect uh, change So that those that have talent actually get to show it. And it's not just based on what school you went to or how much money your parents had in the bank or what ethnicity or gender you are.
0: Got it. No, I love that. Um, So you go too much in the the weeds, Lolita. Let me help you stay at a high level here. It's like we, we have the intro. We can do another session if you want. But you are a VC. Lolita Tao is a venture capitalist. And she has her own firm. What does that mean? Does that mean that you are an uh, all-powerful capitalist running the world, and you have millions and billions of dollars in your pocket, and you wield them to uh, do whatever you want? What does this mean? You know what I mean? I'm just saying. There's different pictures of what a VC is. You're a VC. What is? Tell us what being a VC. What a that is is, and and how can we? Should we get into it? Should we support others? What is it? What is Ghana's Ventures? What does it mean to be a VC?
1: There's a couple questions in there, so I'll try to answer them. both so there are VCs that are all of those things.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I am not one of them. <laughs> so what?
0: billionaire? What? I thought you just get you just have lots of money and you just invest it.
1: That's you know that is that's a good misperception. I, I suppose that that's out there. I wish it was true. The reality is that the way a fund works is is that there's you there are fees that you can charge in your investors to manage the fund. And it's a small percentage of the fund. So for us is 1.7% of a 10 million dollar fund and that's meant to support operations, salary, hiring people, legal, vendors, everything for 10 years. Okay? And then you really make money when you invest in great companies and you get paid in what is called carry. And what that means is after you return the money to your investors, your LPs, um, they get they get 100% of their money back and then 80% of whatever else is made after that. And you get to keep a percentage. For us, it's 20% in carry. Um, then I would make that maybe... Um, in the future years I can talk about what Elias is saying. Uh, you know, wields lots of power and lots of money, but not in day one. Certainly not. I'm a solo GP with a very small budget, uh, having challenges, setting up a bank account and trying to access capital. Uh, and I you you can think of emerging fund managers as founders of their own businesses with a very small team. Um, investing in companies with the goal of creating more capital for investors. Um, and that's, that's really what it is. So my day to day is literally doing all of the jobs because it's really myself, my fun admin, Andrew from Angelus, who I love, and my husband, who I've uh, recruited to volunteer to be our tech and operations lead. So, <laughs> and, and I eat lots of hot dogs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, be afraid if Lolita reaches out to you to recruit you because it's um, not good. Uh, it's a lot of work. And so, I, and no, this is great, right? I want people to understand. So, uh, a VC firm varies in size and 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 power and and money, right? And but basically, you go out there and you ask LPs, limited partners, for money. Mm-hmm. You have to do the hard work of. Out there asking for people to trust you to for you to make an investment decision in a company that in ten years might return the money uh, for that, and so you're going to have to grab all that money, pull it together, make investment decisions for just charging 1.7 percent of ten million
1: blended rate, right. yes,
0: of of the million, and so and so we're talking about 170 thousand dollars, right, for ten years as fees. That's what you start, You're charging so that the investors that invested in you could get returns. And if you exceed those returns, then you can get a twenty percent of the of the excess in the returns. Right?
1: Just just a little asterisk there. So the way it works is every year you charge that percentage. So oh, okay. It's,
0: okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's better. That's, I was going to say once. 170- but
1: everything else, yes so far.
0: Oh my God. I was getting 1.7 for 10 years. Lolita, that's not, that's a lot of hot dogs, but not
1: enough.
0: <laughs> so, um, so definitely, uh, but this is good, right? But here you are, right? It's just, so people, what I love about you is that you're, you're transparent and you're honest and, and, and you're not out there, you know, um, you call me a thought leader. I I I, I did not like that uh, comment. I, I don't like to, th- those people that are saying a lot of stuff that they're not. I'm very concerned always with with up The here good thing up. is
1: that you are, so yeah. <laughs> w- there's no okay. problem.
0: Great. So, but the point is that you're you are. They're doing this in the open, and it makes a huge difference because very publicly, very public, you know, very public. But I think that what you're doing is you are going and doing hard work. $10 million is a significant amount of money for a lot of founders. And you're going in and using your network, putting your capital, your reputation at risk, uh, and you're doing all this work every day. So you can funnel that money into this into these founders, right? That they have their dream, that they need that, somebody to believe at the pre-stage stage, at the earliest stages of company building, uh, and to, to start their company. And that could be the biggest breaks of their lives, right? That's right. And, and so it, it's like sometimes people don't want to see it as how valuable uh, and honorable is what you're doing, and some people might have the wrong opinion of you, is thinking that uh, you're uh, wealthy and mighty, and this is fun for you, right? It's it's is love. I, I love understanding and learning from you of what you're doing. This is, Amazing, amazing, amazing. And
1: I appreciate your questions because there are just discrepancies, right? And in, in how you think about it. And because we are a small fund and literally I'm wearing all the hats within the company, um, What's happening is that I have to fundraise, but I also have to invest in founders at the same time. And I have to do the due diligence of all of that and deal with the vendors and deal with everything else. And so it actually is quite a bit of work that comes and happens behind the scenes. And sometimes I do see founders thinking that all we do is like sit around and play golf, which I would never play golf, and and write checks. But there's a lot of work that goes behind it. But for me, as I mentioned, you have to have a reason why you're in this industry. And for me, it's that this is the industry where I can see that in my lifetime, with my skill set, I can be part of a community that starts shifting um, the face of venture capital uh, and and enabling more opportunity for for those in our community and beyond. Um, and yes, making money, but we all need money to eat food. Shelter and so on and so forth.
0: You've been throwing out this fancy phrase called generational wealth. Yeah. Latino struggle. You 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 said something very touching. And it's, your mother's still cleaning houses.
1: Yeah, she does.
0: That's serious stuff. You're like that's what I did when I came. Uh, my aunt hosted my mother and I, and um, and the hookup that we got from her was like, we can get you some houses and some offices to clean. Uh, and some of my family on my mother's side probably still, and they've been here for 30 years. Is is really tough. This is we start from there as a Latino as an immigrant, and what is at the top? What is at the top? You start from cleaning, and what is this generational wealth thing that you speak of?
1: Yeah, it, it can mean different things to different people. For me, it means you actually don't have to live paycheck to paycheck and you can do you can have insurance and you don't have to worry about where you're going to get your next meal or if you have to worry about is is my card going to go on overdraft if I pay for this for this meal um it means that you're able to pay for your kids education or maybe yours in general um and to support your your family for, for our communities, and at least in my experience, many of us have not just the responsibility of taking care of ourselves, but of our extended families. I know for me, um, when I was 23, I became a matriarch of my family, which means my dad passed away. He was the sole breadwinner. He was a truck driver at the time. We lost everything. We, we went through bankruptcy. We lost our house that we were paying. Um, we lost the cars, everything. And that was awful. And I'm getting like emotional just talking about it. But generational wealth means you don't go through any of those things and that you you have everything you need to survive and even a little more to enjoy life because life is not just about struggling, but it's also about enjoying certain things that you like, whether it's walks in a desert that Elias likes to make fun of me for,
0: or, or whatever it is. I want to watch the stars like you, like.
1: I do like to watch the stars. It's true. But that's what it means to me.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I thought, I've said this before, I think is that I thought there was only one American dream. And what I realized is that you can go from one dream to another, and 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 what a beautiful thing that I've been fortunate to go through, right? And when I first came here to this country, I just wanted to be able to go to college, right? And like, how do I get accepted and how can I afford it? Um, then it was like, you know, can we have a home, right? I didn't want to, uh, my dream was, could we own a home and not rent one and not be always, you know, do that. And then you go from like, I wanted to have a job and I worked at IBM and so like what you're saying is true, but then we go paycheck to paycheck. And so we want to inspire people to achieve those basics, which is a home, an education, uh, a job, right? That they love and and, the, and that they be respected and, and given equal opportunity. And then we can go into the next step, which is not having to need a paycheck. And a lot of people do not even know that that's possible, right? And, and, and we want to make sure we highlight that here. It is possible to make enough money, from your success and your hard work and taking risk and in this country. We have that opportunity and not have to worry about a check. Now, the amounts and the lifestyles will vary from person to person, but it's possible and there's nothing wrong to try to achieve that for for especially for immigrants and for Latinos, right? That's love what you're doing. Um, and uh, tell us a little bit more. it's, it's You're going to get me emotional. I got to hold on there. Uh, tell us more how where you are in your journey with Ghana's BC? where can we find you? Where can we learn more about this thing that you're doing and maybe how can people help? Right?
1: I, I'd love to talk about it. I love what you just shared. It's so beautiful and it is so true that our American dream changes. I just wanted to share um, a little bit to that end because it resonated so much that my dad um, and my mom, their dream was just that I graduated high school because they didn't get to graduate from elementary school. And that's, that's incredible, right? And and now it's for me, it's how do we enable, how do we find an opportunity? Uh, how do we make money uh, in a way that it lifts all of us up more than just myself, more than just my family, but of course us too, uh, so that I can take my mom out of her, her cleaning house's job. And it, it's tough.
0: There's such a taboo talking about money. And, and, and makes you sound selfish or, or or financially driven, coin operated. But it's like it we, we need to overcome that, right? And realize that in and other people go and they speak up and they say, I am worth this at this company and you need to pay me this. And it does give us a sense of sense of purpose, right? When we can generate value and and you can share that with others, right? So it, it is it's part of being a human being uh and And we shouldn't confuse with uh money with I don't know evil right It's like it really depends on the individual
1: and culturally, you know when I was growing up, money was deemed to be evil, right? <laughs> maybe it was because we were so poor um but you know in church in the community, you
0: want money, you do not need money, and you're like but but, mom, I just want a lollipop, you
1: yeah, know. or maybe a massage. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, it's like my back hurts. I'm on my computer so much. I just would like them. You know, and the thing is that sometimes we we think in our culture that some things are luxury, but they're actually n- real necessities that unfortunately haven't been placed that way. Things like therapy, um, just like, like people like say, everything. go to the gym or a vacation. You know, so sad. My my dad's vacation was his last week of life because he was in a coma. And that's, that's, and you know, because we worship this work culture and work hard. and But to be honest, you shorten your life. You can't be as productive. And so it's really important to take care of yourself because you only get one, right?
0: It's good for people to see and understand that, that it's not just some finance bro uh, that is starting a firm and they just want to make more money and they have a network, right? That it can be you with your um, humble... You know, beginnings and roots as a Latin America, you know, daughter of immigrants uh, and that what you're trying to do, it's its going to be a long journey and, and there should be a lot of pride and we should support you, right, in, in this endeavor because you're you're trying to do good. You're not out there taking advantage of people, right?
1: That's what it's all about. And you know, Elias, I try to to do good on the public sector side, and what I learned in being in public sector is that it was going to be private sector that was going to help. So I worked in at the Pentagon as a public sector consultant and and then I realized, wow, this is so slow moving where Where is there a place where I can grow and expand? And, and find opportunity for myself and others. And this is where I have found myself after working 15 years in tech, which I also started at, at IBM.
0: People should follow this journey. Everything is out there in the public. I mean, everything is on Twitter. What is your handle?
1: <laughs> yes, I am on Twitter and you can find me at Lolita Taub, L O L I T A T A U B. And um, if you want to learn about the fun and what we're doing, it, you can learn more at ganas.vc. And that is exactly how it sounds, G-A-N-A-S dot V-C.
0: It is refreshing to have you on the podcast, to uh, hear from your journey, to, to share part of that. And I would say to people, follow, follow Lolita on Twitter. There's a lot to learn. And she's just creating a very vibrant community, very active she always asks these questions uh, on behalf of founders, which I, at the beginning, I'm like, what is this? And it's extremely valuable. Thank you so much for being on the show and uh, jealous of your trips and your food.
1: Ah, Gracias. Gracias, Elias. Thank you so much. And I'll see you all on Twitter.
0: Thanks for listening to the American Dream Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss when a new episode drops. If you like this episode, please leave a six star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about my American Dream mission, subscribe to my newsletter linked in the show notes.